Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Mary O'Connor, co-founder and chief medical officer at Vori Health. Mary, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Delighted to be with you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you spending some time with us on Business Ninjas. And by the way, I, uh, sorry that I omitted the term Dr. Mary O'Connor from your introduction, but that is more accurate. Um, please tell us a little bit about yourself and about Vori Health. So, Andrew, I'm an orthopedic surgeon uh, by background and spent the majority of my career in the Mayo Clinic system, uh, particularly Mayo Clinic Florida. I did my training in Rochester, Minnesota, went on staff in Florida, I was the chair of the orthopedic department there, lots of leadership roles at Mayo. I was recruited to Yale in 2015, where I led work on a um, musculoskeletal center. And then basically in 2021, left uh, the comfort of academia to mm -hmm. go co-found Vori Health with Ryan Grant. Ryan is a spine neurosurgeon. And we overlapped at Yale and uh, we decided we needed to step out of academia and the traditional system in order to really transform the delivery of medical care for patients with musculoskeletal conditions, meaning like if people aren't familiar with that term, spine and orthopedic conditions. Fascinating. Obviously, there are many ways to ripple the pool in terms of educating other people to provide or to provide directly. Tell me a little bit about Vori and your approach to delivering healthcare. So basically, you know, what Ryan and I recognize is that there's just some fundamental flaws in the traditional system. I mean, good people trying to help patients and communities, you know, trying to do the right thing, but the system is so complex and so fragmented and, and fundamentally flawed in terms of how finances work uh, that really making substantial meaning transformative changes for patients is almost impossible. So really we decided, okay, we're gonna step out. We're gonna create Vori Health. Uh, we are a nationwide virtual musculoskeletal medical practice. So we're very unique. We're the only group like this. Our focus is surrounding patients with a care team that is led by a physician. So we're very uh, physician focused in terms of we believe patients deserve to have an evaluation or a, a, a be evaluated for a diagnosis where a physician is giving a patient a medical diagnosis. The physical therapist on that patient's team is providing what we call a functional diagnosis for a physical therapy plan because PT of course is a bedrock of musculoskeletal treatment a health coach, really critical member of the team because there's so many aspects of our uh, lifestyle, our personal behaviors that impact uh, progression of MSK conditions, the risk that you're gonna develop an MSK condition. And so really pulling in that more holistic approach of recognizing that we also need to be thinking about nutrition and sleep and stress and all these other factors that are going to impact your, not just your health, but your musculoskeletal condition in particular matters. And then we also have registered dietitians. If someone needs what I say, 
more advanced nutritional support and guidance than what our health coaches provide. So, so it's a very uh, multidisciplinary kind of full spectrum model uh, to address the patient's musculoskeletal issue and also help them basically improve their overall health. Fabulous. And, and what percentage of that delivery is remote? How much of that is a telehealth solution? All of it. All of it is a telehealth solution. And then, you know, there are still some patients who need, a pro, who are appropriate for what, what we say in-person care, right? Maybe they actually need to see somebody like me in my old life as a surgeon, because, you know, Ryan and I are not anti-surgery. We're both surgeons. We're just anti-inappropriate surgery. And we know that unfortunately, a, a lot of that happens. And if you look at the data, you can see that upwards of 50% of low back surgeries are medically inappropriate. And that's, that's huge, right? And yeah. it's not just, you know, it's not just impacting whoever's paying the bill because it's this expensive for payers and for patients and families with rising out-of-pocket expenses, but it also impacts patients because of the risk now of a medical complication after surgery. And, and what I still find shocking, it shocks me every time I, I say this, is the medical research, peer-reviewed publications show the likelihood of a patient going back to the operating room after low back surgery in the first year is five to 7%. That's it's, it's huge. Too high. Yeah, that's huge. Too high. So, so we, you know, we just need to do better and doing better starts with more holistic patient-centered care and focused on trying to get that patient better without an operation first. That's what we do. We're focused on trying to help that person improve without surgery, but you know, some patients still need surgery. And if they do, then our job is to get them to a great surgeon. And, and how is intake done? How, how are you diagnosing a, a musculoskeletal issue basically at a person's word at that point? I mean, they have to be a, enough of a, a self-advocate to describe their situation in accurate detail? I mean, is that how it... Well, that's not hard for patients to tell us what they're feeling. And, and what's yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know how many, I don't know, tens of thousands of patients in the span of my career that I've uh, evaluated. Um, what is interesting is one of the questions that I'm often asked is, well, how can you do a physical exam through... A, through Zoom, right? Through, mm -hmm. through a virtual encounter. And how can that be as good a physical exam as if you're actually seeing the person in person and you could, what we say, lay hands on them. Okay. And, and the interesting part about that, Andrew, is there's actually a whole lot that you can do virtually. The physical exam is actually excellent. And there are very, very few things physical exam tests that involve hands-on that where you would find some critical piece of information that you wouldn't have already um, been suspicious of from the patient's history. So I use the example of a torn anterior cruciate ligament in the knee. So there's a specific physical test that we do where you put your hands on the knee and you move the knee to check for instability. 
But even if that physical exam test is negative, so if I can't feel that there's instability when I'm examining a patient, I'm going to be alerted or suspicious of that based on the patient's history of their injury. And it, and it won't change my mind in terms of whether I believe that patient needs imaging, namely an MRI to actually see if the, if the ligament is torn or not. So, so when, you, when you filter all these factors in, telemedicine is extremely effective in terms of evaluating patients and providing a good care plan. And you also remove the barriers. There, I mean, there are many people with white coat syndrome that really have a problem walking through the door at all in the first place. And, and here, healthcare becomes far more approachable to those people. You know, and it's not just that, it's the convenience of it, right? Because people are busy. And, and I'll say, you know, even retired people are can be very busy. And so the convenience of being able to get on you know, with my doctor or my physical therapist um, and, and have that session done and not have to drive there and I have to park and I've got to pay for parking and then I have to drive back home. I mean, that's, that's a huge factor. And then we also see, you know, a lot of senior patients and I'll just put a sidebar in here. You know, we have found excellent um, use of our, of our, our services within the senior population. So it's not that, you know, somebody who's over 65 can't do telemedicine. That is completely not true. And they love the convenience of it. They don't have to drive um, or they don't have to rely on somebody to drive them. So it's, uh, it's just, it's really how we should transform care. Patients should have a virtual first evaluation, and, and not just for musculoskeletal, but really for anything, unless it's an emergency. Oh, I'm having chest pain. I think I'm having a heart attack, or I was in a car accident, right? I mean, those are scenarios where you need to go and be evaluated in person urgently. But for everything else, why wouldn't we start with the Zoom evaluation and then determine if that patient truly needs to be seen in person? It makes Plenty of logical sense. Uh, other than the obvious things like access and convenience, and I would hope cost as well, what are the biggest problems that you're solving for your clients? You know, I think the biggest problem that we're solving for our clients is the inability of their members, right, their covered lives, to have a team-based care, to really not have that fragmented experience and, and fragmented care delivery model that they experience in the traditional system. It, that's, that's huge. That, that is really the secret sauce that makes a big difference uh, for, for our patients in terms of their ability to get better and in terms of their experience. You mentioned that there, there really is no other network quite like yours in existence at the moment, but I assume there is some sort of competition out there in the marketplace. What, what differentiates Bori Health? What makes you stand out? So what really makes us stand out is that we have physicians and our physicians evaluate and diagnose and we can order labs and images and testing when appropriate. And that's something that um, companies that are focused on virtual physical therapy cannot do. So 
and and that is of course no uh, you know please I don't want anyone to interpret that as any kind of slam on physical therapy we love physical therapy we we have physical therapists as I said it's a bedrock of MSK treatment but physical therapy alone is really insufficient to manage that MSK patient in in the best uh, manner. And then as we see, you know, the introduction of the new um, anti-obesity medications, the GLP-1s that have come onto the market, right? Um, That to me highlights even more how important this kind of multidisciplinary care team, full spectrum care is. Because we know those medications work, but, and you know, it's always the but, right, Andrew? But if patients don't change their lifestyles, if they're not eating more nutritiously, more, you know, healthier, if they're not increasing their activity level, we know that they gain the weight back when they stop taking the medication. And the medications are expensive. So if you're going to use the medication, which also has side effects, which I'll get to in a moment, which is another reason why like this whole care team approach is so important. If you're not really putting that patient in the situation with the greatest chance of long-term success, then you're subjecting the patient to the risk of the medication and you're wasting a whole lot of healthcare dollars. it, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it, it's hard to watch some of these um, pharmaceutical commercials once they get to the disclaimers. I'm I'm amazed at some of the things that are rattled off these days as if they are a valid trade-off for, for what you're trying to cure in the first place. Yeah. Well, but, but, the, but people are so, uh, I, I guess I'll say desperate, right? Because, you know, obesity is is probably the number one health issue in our country. I mean, if you just want to look at it very globally, right? Sure. Because obesity drives musculoskeletal conditions. If you're obese, you're much more likely to have knee pain, low back pain in particular. Every 10 extra pounds of weight is another 30 to 60 pounds of pressure on your knees. Wow. Okay. Like I, I saw this all the time. And then, you know, in my career, I've done thousands of knee replacements. And, you know, I would see a patient who would come in and they weren't, quote, bad enough for knee replacement surgery yet. And they were heavy, you know, and I would say, please go lose weight, right? Because if you lose weight, even if you lose 10 or 20 pounds, your knees will feel the difference. You will have less knee pain. Now that person leaves my office and like, they don't already know that they're heavy. Of course they do. They don't already know that they should lose weight. Of course they do, but they don't have the support or the tools or the skills to help them lose weight. So the, so in that traditional model where I practiced for years and years, we are failing patients by not supporting them in that journey that they need. Okay, so now enter the new GLP-1s and and everybody's looking for, you know, the shot or the pill that's going to be magic, but it's not magic. It is another tool in the toolbox that we should use for appropriate patients. 
but we need to combine that with let's address your musculoskeletal condition so you can actually improve your level of physical activity so that you lose the weight and you can sustain that weight loss. And, and we have to focus on the side effects of that medic, those medications on bone loss and loss of lean muscle mass. Now, I have also done hundreds of hip fracture surgeries in my career. And a hip fracture, which is typically in a senior patient, um, you know, devastating, not just for the patient, but their family, okay? Mm -hmm. And 20% of patients who, who suffer from a hip fracture are dead within the first year. It is yeah. kind of what tips them over the edge. So if we're going to put all these patients on these new drugs and we're not paying attention to their bone health and their loss of lean muscle mass, which increases their risk of falling, then we are also failing the patient. So we look at that as part of our, you know, multidisciplinary treatment of, of the patient. Well, uh, I nodded because uh, personal knowledge of what you're talking about, hip fractures tend to be the first domino in a terrible, terrible pathway. And it's not a very long process. Uh, went through that with my father-in-law, so I know exactly what you're talking about in that scenario. Um, let's talk for a moment about the receiving end of your services. Is this a direct-to-consumer product? How are you How are you delivering these services? So we do uh, provide direct-to-consumer services. I mean, people can go to our website, you know, sign up and schedule an appointment with our team. Um, we also, of course, have contracts with payers, insurers, self-insured employers in particular are very interested in us because they are directly impacted by rising healthcare costs. And uh, costs for MSK is always either their first or second highest spend so, you know, they're, they want a healthy workforce of course. because you have to have a healthy workforce in order to be able to have a productive company. So, so yes, there, we've had, um, we have a lot of self-insured employer partners as well. And, um, we're, we're growing and our, you know, our goal is to help just as many patients as we can. I would assume that that Vori Health is instrumental in staving off plenty of workman's comp uh, situations and things like that. If you're keeping people healthy, that the costs drop like a stone for employers. Yeah, but you know, Andrew, it's interesting because you know a lot of companies have tried wellness programs in the past, um, and those really haven't always been so successful in terms of of a return on investment. Um, when somebody actually has a pain, a condition that's bothering them, that's when the individual is motivated to make a change and to do something. And so while yes, wouldn't it be wonderful if people would embrace wellness offerings that their employer provided them? Yes, it would be wonderful. Uh, but the reality is, is that a lot of people don't. Let's talk for a minute about the COVID years. I, I would hope that they sort of played right into your business model in terms of um, helping you grow your business. Talk about the the challenges and opportunities of growing a, a, a platform like yours through COVID. Well, we really started the company uh, kind of in the pandemic time. And so we weren't that, I, I wouldn't say we were really 
on board and active in the early part of the pandemic. Um, but what the pandemic did do was it allowed a lot of openness to telemedicine and changed the approach of, of insurers and payers and basically the government stepping in and saying to insurers, you must pay for telemedicine visits because that was actually a huge barrier to telemedicine being adopted pre-pandemic is that insurers wouldn't pay for it. And so no, nobody's, no doctor or physical therapist is going to, to do it when they can't, can't be paid for their services. Of course. Yeah. Understood. All right, let, let's, let's switch to a marketing lane for a second. What role has content played in the growth of Vori Health? How are you telling your story these days? Well, I think content's important um, because if patients should have an idea of how we're different and what we do, um, we focus a lot on the patient experience and really strive to have it be as, and this might sound strange, you know, to have it be as delightful as possible. <laughs> and no one thinks like, right, you even respond, you even reacted. Right, because we are conditioned to think that healthcare cannot be a delightful experience, and because it hasn't been as a general statement, right? And part of that is because typically you're accessing the healthcare system when you're sick or you have a problem, so you're it's not a, you're you're not in a state of delight to begin with. But why can't we try to make it more that way, right? Um, because an engaged patient who's having a positive experience is much more likely to be a patient who, who actually does the treatment program that's going to help them get better. So um, it, it all goes hand in hand, right? Everything you're saying, all these concepts are highly logical. They just have been... Uh -huh. Uh, absent in the process for a long time. Uh, again, my only experiences, and many of them in the medical field, I, I would not refer to 90 some odd percent of them as delightful, I know. <laughs> especially in the context of injury or pain. When you're presenting in excruciating pain, it's it requires a fair bit of care to, to rise to the level of delightful experience when you're presenting with a, a musculoskeletal problem. All right, let's look down the road. What are some things you'd like to be celebrating personally and professionally a year from now? Oh, that's a great question. Um, we'll raise a great series B this year. Um, you know, a celebration would be more growth, more patients that we can serve, uh, helping more people get better. That's really what it's all about. I mean, that's our reason to exist you know it's not it's it's really not to make money it's to serve patients and serve communities um so that to you know that's success to me and uh, i also would view from my lens personal success that our that our team we call ourselves warriors you know that our warriors um are happy because happy clinicians help make happy patients. And so, you know, I want people to really be excited about what we're doing. And, and we're very blessed, you know, I've got a 
great, great group of experienced and talented doctors and physical therapists and nurse practitioners, health coaches, registered dietitians who, you know, everyone's very passionate about what we're doing. And it's that passion that helps drive a better experience for patients and better results. So I want patients happy. I want my team happy. I want our client partners happy because that's how we'll fundamentally change the delivery of care. And Andrew, at some point, you know what? We're all patients. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, your, your approach is win-win for everyone. If you're avoiding unnecessary surgeries and you're, you're improving outcomes and a holistic approach to people's entirety of their health to, to, to alleviate pain and, and injury, again, it's win-win for everybody. Please tell us, what's your URL? Where can people find Bori Health and what social media outlets are you using as well? Well, it's pretty easy to find us, vorihealth, V-O-R-I health.com. So you can just put that in your search bar and our website will pop up and we've got lots of great content on the website and you can easily, you know, sign up, schedule an appointment with us. Um, so easy to find us. I uh, am on LinkedIn. I really don't use other social media platforms just because I, I just don't have the bandwidth for it. Um, but Vori is active in other social media platforms, but not me personally. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Understood. Dr. Mary O'Connor of Vori Health, thank you for what you do. Thank you for spending some time with us today on Business Ninjas. All the best to you and yours for continued success and continued growth at Vori Health. Thank you so much. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.